This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Guardians Radio Network. Guardians Weekly is brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance. everyone, welcome to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse along with you from Phoenix, Arizona and Chase Field where the Guardians are taking on the Diamondbacks this weekend in a three-game series. Good show lined up for you today. As always, we'll have our weekend review. That comes your way shortly. Later on in the show, we'll hear from David Fry who had a big night on Thursday night against the Padres making his first start behind the plate in a major league game as a catcher. And we'll also hear from Rob Serfolio talking about catching, specifically super prospect Bo Naylor, who is on his way to join the big club after a good start at AAA Columbus this season. We'll also visit with Jose Ramirez and Josh Bell, as well as relief pitcher Sam Hentges. That's all coming up a little bit later on in our show. But first, the week in review, and after a Monday off day, the Guardians opened up play on the West Coast with a 6-3 loss against the Padres on Tuesday night, and they followed that up with a tough one on Wednesday night, the Padres shutting out Cleveland 5-0. That set the table for Thursday night as the Guardians were trying to salvage the finale of the series, and they didn't waste any time getting the offense going. Three singles to start the first inning, and then Josh Naylor stepped in with a 13-game hit streak going. Weathers is working in a hurry. Here it comes. Swung on line drive. Base hit into center field. That'll score Jimenez. Rosario is coming home. Grisham's throws to second, and it's a 2-0 Cleveland lead. And the toward hitting Josh Naylor now with a 14-game hitting streak and gives Cleveland a 2-0 lead as he rifles one back up the middle. And now Josh Naylor leads the ball club with 50 RBIs as they have scored two runs on four line drive singles. Later on in that first inning, two on, two outs, and David Fry getting the start behind the plate, came to the plate looking to do damage. The pitch, swung in and drilled, deep left, down the line, gone! A laser three-run home run down the left field line by David Fry. It is 5-0 Cleveland. And the Boo Birds are out at Petco Park. Folks, you couldn't say going, going, gone. You could simply say gone. 
You will never see a ball leave a ballpark quicker than that missile down the left field line. What a moment for Fry as he collects his first Major League home run. But San Diego's power-packed offense answered in the bottom of the first inning. Manny Machado with a three-run home run. That made it 5-3. And in the second, the Guardians, though, they would keep things rolling offensively. Miles Straw reaching base, and then Jose Ramirez delivered. Ryan Weathers, long look in. Now he nods in agreement. Pitch clock at four. Here it comes. Swung on, smashed to third, fair ball right over the bag. Down the left field line, kicks into the corner. On his way to second is Ramirez, in to score is Straw. And it's 6-3 to three Cleveland. How about that? The last pitch Ryan Weathers made tonight was a fastball to Jose Ramirez. And he smoked a double over the bag at third, giving him 19 doubles and 39 RBIs. Cleveland has a 6-3 to three lead. Bob Melvin makes a call to the bullpen. We're only in the second. The Padres pulled to within a run with two in the third, but in the fourth inning, Hosey stayed hot. Here's the 2-0 pitch. Swung on, there's a slow tapper. Third base, charging Machado, and it rolls under his bare hand. All hands are safe. Brennan has scored from third, and the Guardians now lead it 7-5. And it goes an infield single. With an RBI for Jose Ramirez. For Jose, that's run batted in number 40 on the season. As his big stretch continues. San Diego again made it a one-run game with a run in the fifth. And they were looking for more, but David Fry in his first start behind the plate gave the Guardians a boost with his defense. The pitch, runner goes, pitches outside corner, strike, throw to third. He's safe with a head first slide. It was close. Soto taking off and gets his seventh steal with a head first slide into third. Fry made a great throw in a bang bang play. See if Cleveland challenges it. They will. Tito wants them to put on the earmuffs. Here comes the call. The call on the field is overturned. The runner is out. Cleveland retains their challenge. Hey, what more can David Fry do in his first major league start? Now, 40,000 other umpires disagree with the people in New York, but the call is overturned. That goes as a caught stealing. So, again, sometimes you can be too aggressive, and Juan Soto trying to steal third thrown out by David Fry. Leading off the eighth inning, Fry was at it again with the bat. The 2 1 pitch. Swung on. This is hit pretty well to deep left center field. On the run is Grisham at the wall. He leaps and he got it and dropped it. Slams up against the wall. Picks it up. Throws it in and a double for Fry. Grisham looked like he robbed him of a home run. A running, leaping grab at the wall in left center. Got a glove on it. But as he slammed into the wall, the ball fell to the track. And David Fry... Almost a two-homer game. And then Andre Jimenez provided a little insurance, knocking in the Guardians catcher. Nick Martinez is ready. The right-hander deals. And Andre Jimenez hits a liner to right. That's a base hit. Fry around third. He is coming home. Tatis's throw to the plate. No chance. Now the throw to second in sliding is Jimenez. And the Guardians get a mammoth two-out RBI single to right. By Andre Jimenez, and Cleveland now leads at eight to six. And 
Fernando Tantis made a bad decision there trying to throw out Fry with two down. He had no chance, and it enabled Jimenez to take second. And then in the ninth, Emmanuel Classe finished things up as he was looking to secure a much-needed win for Cleveland. Now the 0-1. Swung and grounded to second. Jimenez drops to a knee, gets up, throws to first. Ball game! And the Guardians salvage the finale. They get five in the first. And David Fry has the biggest night of his young Major League career, leading Cleveland to an 8-6 win. After the ball game, Guardians manager Terry Francona talked about the decision to give Fry a shot at starting behind the plate. I thought he kind of deserved the chance to play, play a game, and I thought tonight made sense. Boy, he sure helped us. I mean, he made some good throws. He caught a, in today's game, a really long, arduous game, and he helped us offensively. That was, that was good, good for him, and it really helped us. So certainly one of those nice stories of the season. David Fry trying to make his mark at the major league level. Had a big, big night against the Padres on Thursday night. Well, Friday's series opener against the Diamondbacks. The Guardians came up short 5-1. to one, And uh, they will head into play this weekend trying to get it rolling here against a very good Diamondbacks ball club. 7-10 local time first pitch on Saturday night. 10-10 back in Cleveland. And then... The road trip concludes on Sunday afternoon with a 4-10 first pitch here in Phoenix. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll hear from David Fry. That's next on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Progressive knows we're all trying to save right now. Hey, at least we're still enjoying baseball on a Saturday night, right? Even if it is T-ball. Yeah, but tickets to the majors are just so expensive now. And who knows, maybe we're seeing a pro in the making. Sure, in like 20 years. How is he safe? Boo! This up stinks! Um, the ump is only 14. We don't really do that. Oh, my bad. You're doing a great job, ump! Progressive offers you savings without sacrifice. So save big when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Here's Morgan's pitch. Bunted right in front of home plate. Shoveling it home is Morgan. Tag play. He's out at home. Cruz sliding in is tagged out by Fry on a really nice play by Eli Morgan as the bunt was pushed out in front of home plate. And Morgan really stayed cool on that and made sure that he he made it an accurate flip to home plate. So the, the Padres try and squeeze one across if they can. And it's unsuccessful. Nice play by Eli Morgan. And Fry on the other end, too, with a tag. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Chase Field in Phoenix, Arizona. It's Guardians Weekly. We just heard the highlights from Fry's big night in San Diego on Thursday night at the plate and defensively in his first start in the big leagues as a catcher. And we caught up with him here in Phoenix 
on Friday before the game, and he said while it's not his primary position, he did feel comfortable as a catcher and was happy to have the opportunity to show what he could do. Yeah, it was it was a blast, and uh, just I've had some opportunities to catch late in games and gotten a little comfortable in that and gotten some some extra inning games, so high leverage situations, and so uh, I was excited to be able to catch a full one, and luckily we came out with a win. I know we we've talked before about that development, and uh, you have time here to work with one of the great catching coaches in the game, and, and what can Sandy Alomar do for your game, especially if you have some time to work on that? Yeah, he's awesome. I mean, just even in spring training, just getting to work with him, he's such a positive guy, but just the little things that he picks up in a game that other people just don't see, he's he's just really smart and knows how to coach the position, and it, he's helped me a bunch, and then Cam and Zanino both, too, have like they help me out a bunch and whenever I'm back there they're like the first ones to be like telling me great job and stuff so we got a great support system here so you get a chance to come to the plate in the first inning and there's a couple of runs in already and uh, you crush one down the left field line and uh, just that feeling uh first major league home run what was that like yeah it it went by really quick I mean it went out and I was at home plate and still hadn't even like realized that I hit my first home run and then I'm already like getting ready to put the gear back on and get ready to catch the next inning. So it kind of took took me a little while to realize what had happened, but it, it was a pretty awesome feeling. And we were talking earlier, but yourself and also Tyler Freeman, infrequent playing time, but it seems like when you have a chance to, to play and get an at-bat, it, it's a decent at-bat. And how hard is that at the major league level to, to have success when you don't have that opportunity too often? Yeah, it's, it's really tough. You just have to be patient and... Uh, just ready to go whenever you go out there and Tyler does an amazing job it's we were talking about it and it seems like every time he comes up he hits a line drive somewhere but our our hitting coaches do a great job to make sure we're prepared if we're to go into a game where we're not just going in cold like we're ready to go and have a chance to hopefully help the team and you helped the team on a night where uh, they had dropped two straight and looking to get off to a good start and uh, team-wise how important was that to, to strike early last night and, and get off to a good start? Yeah, it was big. I mean, San Diego was playing really well, and they got a, a deep lineup and can really swing it. So it was kind of big to get out and get a lead, and we, we kind of needed to win after a couple losses, and hopefully we can kind of keep that momentum going. David, I know uh, your wife, Rebecca, had a chance to see that in person in San Diego last night. And uh, as someone who's, who's really had to grind to get here, and, and she's been on that path with you, explain how long she's been with you uh, going through the ups and downs that this game can present and what it meant to have her there last night. Yeah, it's so cool. I mean, she she was not going to even be there originally. She was on a flight, and then she changed it last minute so she could stay for the game. And But, yeah, she's been with me throughout the pretty much my whole minor league career, and she's just so supportive. I mean, it's such a tough life on them on the the wives that they have it tough i mean we're all over the place and we don't really have a home for the season you're just kind of all over the place and she's just so great to me and always supportive and whether i'm 04 or 4-4 she's always just there to tell me great job and keep going and uh she's been great and so the fact that she got to be there last night was really special david congratulations on last night thanks a lot for coming by appreciate it that's david fry and a great story and you always, I think you root for players like Fry who are really just battling to stay in the big leagues and do what they can. And he's had some really important base hits. And 
contributions to the Guardians here the last month or so. We're going to stay on that catching theme because with the roster shuffle on Friday, Bo Naylor is on his way to join the ball club here in Phoenix. And Naylor has been on the radar as a potential catcher for this ball club for quite some time. One of the top catching prospects in all of minor league baseball. And we checked in with Rob Serfolio, the director of player development for the Guardians. And uh, he talked about Naylor and his development and some of the things that he's been working on to improve his game while he's been at AAA Columbus. Yeah, well, you know, I think this dates back to even some of our conversations last year, Rosie, when, you know, he had the, the difficult year in 2021 in Akron and that off season really dedicated himself to, okay, here's from a performance wise where I'm struggling. And he partnered up with our staff, especially our hitting group and got to work. And he obviously did what he did last year and kind of built upon that this past off season and, and just has done about as good of a job handling adversity and using that as a catapult to just you know find ways to improve and and he's just I think pretty impressively for a guy that's still just 23 years old in AAA performing it as well as he did last year to be able to still use some of his offseason in 2021 2022 bring that back into the fold this past offseason just continue to push himself to get better and better and it's just been really impressive to see him continue to do so uh, I mean, you know, he, he's doing what he's always done, getting on base at a high clip. You know, he's a guy that takes walks, doesn't chase, really knows the strike zone and can obviously hit for some power. And then, you know, this year, I think something that's been really impressive with him is he, he's really started to limit some of the strikeouts, even more so than he's done in years past. He's never been a high strikeout guy, but that's even continued to improve, which just shows some of the maturity of, how he's improved with his approach and just understanding of how pitchers are trying to get him out and just becoming a complete hitter. So a, a lot of credit goes to Bo just with how he goes about his business, his desire to to not worry as much about the things around him and focus on the stuff that he can control to get better. And uh, just a huge credit to him and to the staff around him to be able to continue to find ways to improve. And then on the defensive side, again, you know, this is a guy that, has uh, has really been towards the top of all of minor league baseball in some some of the stuff he can do from a receiving standpoint behind the behind the plate you know some new wrinkles this year in AAA with with ADS and you know learning how that impacts the the way in which you call a game and support pitchers has been has been a fun hurdle uh, but he's just continued to try and refine his game and, and work on the, the details to to go from a really good player to a great player. Um, and so I think a lot of credit goes to Bo. That's Farm Director Rob Serfolio talking about the emergence of Bo Naylor, who again is on his way and uh, should be active Saturday. And uh, the word is that he'll most likely catch the ball game on Sunday. We'll see how that all transpires, but certainly Naylor getting that opportunity now after a very good start at AAA. Stay with us when we come back. We'll hear from Jose Ramirez and Josh Bell. That's next on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Hey, 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now the payoff. Swung and hammered. Deep to left field. Forget about it. On to the home run porch. Down to 3-1. A swing and a drive. High. Deep to left center. Away. Back and gone. And it's 3-0 Jose Ramirez. Now the payoff pitch to Ramirez. Swung on. Hit high. Hit deep to right. Away. Back. Gone again. Jose with a majestic blast to the seats in right. And the first three homer game in Jose Ramirez's career. Yeah, he plays every inning of every day and it plays like it's his last. I don't see that many great players play like that. I mean, his enthusiasm for the game is every night. Nice to see him have that success. Welcome back to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse back with you in Phoenix, Arizona, where the Guardians are taking on the Diamondbacks this weekend. And one of the hot hitters for the Guardians right now is Jose Ramirez. He's been hot for a while, and we had a chance to catch up with him recently after his home run barrage on the last homestand where he had three home runs in one game and reached a milestone with his 200th career home run and passed Travis Hafner on the all-time Cleveland list for home runs, moving into ninth place. So some big stuff going on for Hosey. And uh, with translation help from Augie Rivero, we asked him about the offense as a whole and some of the keys that have led to that turnaround offensively for the Guardians. This is the result of unity. You know, we've been together throughout the ups and downs when things are not easy for us, and now that we're getting good results, it's showing that we've been together through to all the situations. And I'm really happy for the guys. And whether it's fair or not, I know a lot of people say as as you go, the offense goes. Um, is that added pressure to you, or do you embrace that and, and really welcome that? I mean, I don't think it's pressure, but it's a reality. I mean, obviously, when I know when I'm getting good results and I'm able to put the good energy running the bases and doing the game, I feel the team does a little bit better. So it's not a pressure, but it's a reality that, you know, I'm, I'm happy to live with. I know Tito has said it, Victor Rodriguez has said it, that uh, it is hard for you to get good pitches to hit. Uh, how much of a challenge is that for you, and, and how difficult is it to lay off the stuff where, where they're just trying to pitch you away? That's a reality. The pitchers, I think they take care of themselves in that way, not trying to pitch too much to me. And, and I'm aware of that, so my approach is kind of like look for the good pitchers and make sure I'm able to execute those because I know I'm not getting many of those good pitchers to hit. Jose Ramirez joining us along with Augie Rivero. And, uh, Jose, a milestone for you, 200 home runs. Uh, you surpass that uh, against Boston. What does that mean to you, and, and to have it happen on a night where you hit three home runs total? 
Eh, realmente una meta, una meta más para mi carrera, gracias a Dios. I mean, it's another personal goal of mine, you know, thank God for the opportunity to hit 200 homers, and that's one of the goals that I had in my mind. And it's very special also doing it in a night that I hit for the first time, also make a career three homers, so I think that was a very special night. And it happens for the team, the only team that you've played for and that you've committed to. And, and it seemed like when you made that commitment last year that that these types of things were, were maybe on your mind, in the back of your mind. Um, is that the case for you, that it's so important to have it happen here? And if so, why? Ah, bueno, porque eh, desde chiquito eh, siempre pensé no estar en un, un solo equipo. And there's a satisfaction you get as a player. I mean, I, I think I thought of that as a kid. If I ever wanted to be in the majors, I want to have play only for one organization and have all my stats and all my records recorded into one organization. So, you know, this is the city that welcomed me. This is where my daughter was born. So I think there are a lot of factors that play into me wanting to be here and obviously be able to achieve all those stats within the same team. And when you first came up and, and reached the major leagues, I don't know if anyone could have foreseen the, the amount of power you've hit with. Um, what inside you said, hey, I could hit for power if I do certain things to develop? Ah, uh, bueno, tú sabes que este juego, a veces para uno dar un ron no tiene que medir. Yeah, I mean, obviously when I came here, you know, I mean, you don't have to be 6'5 or, or anything like that to just hit homers. As soon as you have quick hands, I think you're able to get homers. And in my case, I'm able to always have quick hands, be able to get the barrel of the bat. So I think from time to time, I always thought if I keep working out and getting stronger and the skills that I have, I will be able to hit uh, significant homers. And in closing, uh, the night you hit the three home runs and, and even the, the at-bats after that, it seemed like your teammates were having maybe more fun than you were. Uh, what does that mean to you when you see uh, how much fun they have with you and, and as a team, especially in a winning situation? It's beautiful. It's a beautiful feeling having that support from them, and I felt like they were cheering for me in that four at-bat to try to get that four homer. So it's, it's very beautiful, and I, I feel really thankful for the support they, they offer me on a day-to-day basis. It was a great night. Jose, thanks so much. Gracias. Augie, thank you. Thank you, guys. That's Jose Ramirez with translation help from Augie Rivero. Another key to the offense for Cleveland has been the emergence of Josh Bell, who's starting to pick things up at the plate, a real nice stretch with some power and also hitting for average. And like several of the Guardians hitters, he says there's a couple of keys that have led to the team's recent offensive surge. Well, I, I think uh, each pitcher is going to make mistakes. It's, it's capitalizing on them. It's not falling off those pitches when, when you get those opportunities. Um, when you're not going well, um, you, know, you get a fastball right down the middle, you foul it off. Um, and, and when you're going right, um, that fastball right down the middle is in a gap somewhere over the fence. So uh, I think it's just capitalizing. And when you see more and more people capitalizing, that's when the, the runs start adding up. And for you, is it mechanical adjustments or, or approach adjustments that, that you're making at the plate? Yeah, um, righty for the most part. I've I've been staying true all season, and lefty was was just after I got back from uh, uh, the paternity leave. Sat down with with Espo and, and Val and looked at some video and started looking at you know balls that I'd driven to the opposite field gap and um, you know throughout my career and saw some some differences than you know the the swings that I was putting out this season and, and some last season and seems like there was some some overarching themes of what I need to do to put myself in position to, to really drive the baseball the, the way I wanted to so we made some tweaks that day and um, ended up uh, striking out that night I 
pinch hit, struck out on three pitches, but I hit two sliders foul, which is something that I hadn't done virtually all season, pulling balls foul. Um, so I knew my bat path was in a better place, and you know if pitchers were going to make mistakes, uh, I was going to be able to capitalize on it. And the last few games, I've been able to do that. So they've been able to help you, and, and unfortunately you've been with a couple of different teams here in a short period of time. And here we are in June. Does it take a little while to, to get that good relationship going with a new hitting coach and, and really believe, hey, they're, they're finding some stuff here that can be helpful? Well, no, I, I think that, that, you know, the relationship starts, you know, I got a call in the off season, and, you know, we've been going back and forth and, you know, worked all spring. I, I think that, um, you know, for the most part, um, once you get to this, you know, time period in your career, you know, you've heard a lot, you've tried a lot, uh, some things work, some things don't. Um, but, you know, sitting, sitting there watching videos, kind of just a, a conversation. It wasn't really, um, hey, I got something for you. It was just like, hey, let's look at this. All right, let's look at this. Well, what do you think about this? Um, and then I was like, oh, like, you see that right there? And they were like, yeah, just try it out, see what it looks like. And, you know, the, the numbers, we track everything in the cage. The numbers kind of skyrocketed and started hitting the ball harder and, you know, batting practice, I always, for the most part, hit homers. And, you know, in the cage, I always feel good. But to, to see the results in the game um, shows that, you know, I'm on the right path. And hopefully there's more damage to be had. You mentioned switch hitting before and, and working from the right side, left side. Uh, when did you start and why? Yeah, so uh, I started at, at five. My dad just had me kind of switch back and forth. Um from five basically to, to 14 um, until I got to high school, and that's when I started going with matchups with, you know, righty, right-handed pitchers going left-handed and, and vice versa. So got a lot of reps as a kid and, you know, was able to, you know, keep it up through through Pro Bowl. Uh, you make it look easy. Hosey makes it look easy. Um, but how much extra work is it, and do you have to be careful uh, not to be doing too much because you're, you're hitting from both sides? Yeah, I mean, I mean uh, you know, Depends on what you need. Um, I, I feel like at times I, I can go into the cage and take 20 swings and, and feel good from both sides. And, you know, some days it, it feels like I need 200. Um, but um, for the most part, when, when I find something that works um, from, from each side, I can have my cues and kind of ride that wave with that um, and, and really trust it for the, for the course of the season. So um, it kind of took me a while to, to find something that worked lefty. Um, but right-handed for the last few years, it just really simplified i feel like i'm on time and you know you know when there are mistakes I, I feel like i do damage um and if not you know i can tip my cap so uh you know if i can get into that place um left-handed that's when i think both sides will really pop i know you weren't here long but uh, what's it like coming back here to san diego no it's cool um you know it's always a, a place that i enjoyed visiting um you know i you know, like being on the West Coast and whatnot, and the weather, you don't really have to worry about rain or anything. Um, but it, it's cool to see some old teammates over there and, um, you know, compete against them. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it. You got it. That's first baseman D.H. Josh Bell. And uh, always fun to talk hitting and some other stuff, too, with Josh. Is, uh, fascinating that he started pinch hitting at the age of, or not pinch hitting, switch hitting at the age of five and, and carried that through all the way to the major leagues. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll hear from relief pitcher Sam Henches. That's next on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Two down, Naylor at second, one nothing Cleveland. Bell rifles one to right. Down the line, it hits inside the line. Fair ball ricochets into the corner. Naylor will score. Bell with a head first slide and an RBI double. 
Musgrove that very abbreviated wind up and pitch and a swing and a high drive into deep right field down the line it goes and gone and the hot stretch continues Josh Bell raising his right hand in the air circling the bases as Bell hits his sixth home run a towering drive right down that right field line that's now three homers in his last 11 ball games. Progressive presents spectator tips from Flo, who knows nothing about sports. First, talk about retired players with reverence, even if they did crush your dreams when they played. Next, whenever people get excited, just yell, it's about time. <laughs> Works in any situation. Finally, when someone mentions protecting the QB, tell them how Progressive protects you round the clock. Uh, that has nothing to do with sports. Uh, uh, anyway, bundle your home and auto to get round-the-clock protection with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Big Sam sets at the belt, lets it fly. Swing and a miss. Curveball got him. Wow, what a welcome sight to have Sam Hentges coming out of that bullpen, and the big lefty responded with a couple of strikeouts. Hentges, third base side of the rubber. Hands belt high. He lets it fly, and Henderson takes straight three called. Pounded the inside corner with that sinker at 97 miles an hour. Hentges gets out of it. Otani at second, Duffy at first. Two down. Eighth inning, five to four Guardians. Henches, he lets it rip. And Mike Ford swings and misses. Three fastballs. Thanks for coming. Sam Henches does it again. Welcome back. It's Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse back with you. From Phoenix, where the Guardians are taking on the Diamondbacks this weekend, and we welcome him back in to our final segment of the show this week. And uh, a little while back, we had a chance to catch up with relief pitcher Sam Henches. We actually had to stay out here in Arizona at the end of spring training because he had a shoulder injury, and it was taking some time for that to calm down and get him built back up again. So he missed the first month plus of the season. That uh, when we caught up with him recently, he talked about how he's feeling now back in the swing of things as a major contributor to that Guardians bullpen. Uh, I think they've, they've been really good kind of easing me back into things, so to say. Um, but I feel like at this point now I've been with the team for a little bit over a month, um, and I think things are kind of getting back to normal as far as utilization of me out of the bullpen, kind of three out of four back-to-back, stuff like that. Um, feel physically good and and ready to continue and stuff wise and command wise is that getting close to where you'd like it to be yeah i think this this stuff has been good the command i feel like i've been walking a few too many guys um as of late but just yeah just got to limit that and and continue being aggressive in the strike zone 
you were in such a good role at the end of last season and through the postseason. Is it hard not to, to compare yourself to that right now and when maybe you still have a little work to do? A little bit, but I think it's it's more of one of those things that you just kind of want to build off of and, and kind of not really getting back to what I did last year, but just kind of building off of, of what I did last year and, and through the kind of the learning experience and, and development as a reliever and just kind of continuing to, to build off last year. And I, what was the biggest key, you think, Matt, making that adjustment to, to being a top-shelf relief pitcher? I think it was, I mean, for me last year it was just being aggressive with pitches and, and filling up the zone. And um, I think that leads to a lot of success because as a pitcher you're, you're going to win the battle 70% of the time. Um, so just being aggressive in the zone, making them putting it, put the ball in play, uh, and just kind of letting the defense handle it. Sam, you started the season on the injured list, never easy. Um, how difficult was that in spring training when you learned that, hey, I'm going to have to be patient here and, and work to build it back up again? It was definitely frustrating, um, but I think the timing of it and everybody kind of having my back with it, just saying something to the trainers uh, that early in the season, it's never never a good sign or it's never a lot of fun. Um, but everybody's been really good throughout the entire process and tried to limit limit my days on the injured list, um, and it's definitely nice to be back. I think sometimes it's easy for us to forget what that's like when you're part of a team and they go start playing the season. How tough was that from the mental side when, when that happened and, and you were still rehabbing? It was definitely very tough. I mean, we were out in Arizona um, rehabbing out there and watching watching the games on, on TV every night wasn't um, something that I thought I'd ever be doing, but it was – it was. I mean, it was. It was a good process. I learned a lot about myself and about my body and and shoulder specifically, um, and hopefully try to avoid that in the future. And when when you look at the bullpen, there's been some great nights. There's been some nights where uh, it's gotten away, and it seems like that's for every team in baseball. Are there some challenges pitch clock wise, especially at the end of games, for relievers who are trying to get it done and be at their best? I don't think it's necessarily the pitch clock thing, um, but like you said, I mean, it happens with every bullpen in, in the big leagues. And, I mean, everything, all, all the mistakes just um, seem to magnify out of the bullpen because it's usually in big situations at the end of the game, um, high leverage. But, I mean, all the guys in, in our bullpen have been really good this year, kind of turning the page. If it was a bad one and and we ended up losing the game, just kind of moving on to the next day and um, just continuing to put in the work and, and see the results. And with that said, you see nights like Wednesday night, a, a real nice bounce-back night. And it, are those the type of nights that get you fired up about what this team could do to get on a roll? Definitely. And I think our bullpen is one of our strengths, and our pitching staff is one of our strengths as a team. Um, so just to, to see that we can do that, and we just I think we just need to do it a little bit more consistently um, as a bullpen group. And, and once we do that and become consistent with, with those good nights and have more good nights and bad nights, um, I think we'll be in a really good spot. Sam, always good to have you on. Thanks. Thank you. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Guardians Weekly. Thanks so much for tuning in. As always, uh, thanks to Brian Matze for his help in putting together our show each week. Next weekend, we'll join you from back home at Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland as the Guardians have a homestand coming up with Oakland starting Tuesday night, and then the Brewers follow the Athletics to town 
with a three-game weekend series next weekend. So until then, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Weekly has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance.